run with Sisters of Battle here and just ship their codex, um, get them out of the way. I mean, I don't know. There's got to be like five people in the world that play Sisters of Battle. Uh, and I mean, the God Emperor wills it. It's just, it's kind of. I mean, they've, they're never any place important doing anything significant anywhere in the fluff or the lore. Like any major battles, they're just there tagging along with somebody else. So, can we just move on to a real army now? Like, get, I mean, get Thousand Suns out the door. Like, I'm glad that GW knew in their heart they were going to ship Thousand Suns before Sisters to begin with. So, yep. I mean, they're just glorified bullet sponges. I mean, guard them are useful. Guard are much more useful. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. Remember, boys and girls, sign up at the apartment Minotaurum today to join the Imperial Guard. Well, we got more important things to talk about than um, filthy Imperium lovers. Um, so, I mean, I was having fun with that bit. I, I don't. I mean, we could do this all day. I mean, we, actually, we could do it all day. But uh, yeah, like I said, we've got more important things to cover, uh, and that is the Thousand Suns new Codex. It is here. It is coming, Mike. But I lost the bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you lost that bet. It's actually uh, yeah. really weird how we got confirmation of the uh, the new codex, though. It's just like, <laughs> it's like, it's like <laughs> the most Zinchian release you could imagine. Like, yeah, you won, but technically David would have won. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry, I just... The changer of ways likes me better. Zinch wills it. Uh, so... Obviously, um, we're about a week out from Chapter Approved coming out. There's a lot of stuff that um, we could delve into there. But the big thing basically they announced was that Thousand Suns were supposed to be out, along with Grey Knights by now. Um, And they've obviously had some logistics issues, supply chain issues. um, And, you know, here we are. It's June. And, you know, it's not out yet, but it was supposed to be out. Okay, fair enough. Um, so they were expecting it to be out, which means the points changes we're going to see, or we would have seen in this latest uh, field manual, are actually intended for our new codex, which has not shipped yet. Uh, so they've given us a PDF. Uh, I've seen a lot of people confused, you know, in terms of like, well, do I just use the PDF or what, you know, what am I supposed to use? So. Um, I thought I would just start right in and clarify on this thing. Um, The PDF is basically to just keep using what's in the PDF even after the field manual drops. But as soon as our new codex comes out, that is when you basically put the PDF away, never to return, and then apply what's in the field manual to the codex, and that is your point system moving forward. Great. Do I have that right? Yeah, so effectively the PDF, as I understand it, is literally just the points we have currently, except for the Land Raider adjustment, which is kind of funny. It's kind of nice. I mean, 20 um, points, but yeah. I guess- uh, but otherwise, yeah, we were effectively we're stuck with what we have currently until the yeah. new codex comes out. Yep. So, Mike, there's so much to really get into here because... I mean, obviously the leaks have gotten out, okay? They're all over the place. If you've been on our Discord server or you've been floating around in other places, uh, they're, they're circulating around. There's screenshots. There was a madman in Italy giving screenshots of the Italian version of it and mm-hmm. everybody was trying to figure out what was going on. Anyways, the, the, the great news is that we are getting a new unit. The bad news is that it does not look like we're getting money more than one new unit. Yeah, uh, and, and that new unit is an HQ if I understand correctly. 
That is correct. It is called the Infernal Master. And so I guess we're left to pontificate what the Infernal Master is or does. Uh, but by the terms Infernal, I have to guess it involves demons or demon engines. I thought it was way. Inferno Master, like fire. Let's double check that. I'm pulling it up right now. Man, just someone right. unprepared. What the hell? Uh, real quality podcast. The Infernal there. Master. Yeah, so I was right. Was it? Not the Inferno Master. You know, you've been hanging around with the damn Cult of Pyre too much. No, and I'm sorry. now you're just I, this rebellious. I just, I, I'm a thousand suns is fire for me. That's just, that's where we're at. <laughs> oh, at conflict with every other cult in the Legion. Uh, so yes, the Infernal Master is coming. I, again, based on the name, you know, my theory is he has something to do with demon engines. Um, since obviously Thousand Sons didn't get the Lord Discordant, but they have demon engines, it would make sense yep. for them to, to release something where it's like, hey, we buff demon engines. But what the model is, what it does, who knows? I mean, it'd be kind of lame if it was like a variant how, of the Disco Lord, you know? Yeah, oh, how, how lame would it be if it was... Uh... Just a variation on the master position. <laughs> how how mad do you think? Uh, I mean, considering the salt in the community, get. yeah, considering the salt right now in the community, just over the fact that we're getting one unit and not, you know, we watch Death Guard and and other armies just get these like massive releases where it was like, huh, I guess they're getting a bunch of stuff that nobody was really saying. Hey, they need a bunch of stuff. Whereas yep. Thousand Suns just have to kind of here's it here's an HQ unit go sit in the corner and just remember that we gave you psychic powers. If we're, we're talking about this unexpected stuff, Sisters of Battle have more stompy robots than anyone except for knights now. Like, what is this? They've got the regular like strap a dude to a stompy robot. We have strap a coffin to a stompy robot. Now they have like put just power armor sisters in a stompy robot. I thought that was only Grey Knights got fun toys like that. And now they have an HQ in a stompy robot. It's going nope. an entire army of sisters of battle stompy robots. Yeah, they're just stealing stuff from other armies that, that do it better. So and then just <laughs> assimilate it into their army like, oh, you guys use robots. Cool, we'll do that. Yep. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. But yeah, I, I will say that the, uh, the leak about the Infernal Master uh, is sort of disheartening a little bit. Uh, yeah. I, I, I tend to be pretty optimistic, but that, that's kind of lame uh, that we're, we're seeing all this stuff and we're not going to get any of it. Yeah. Well, fret not, because at the end of the day, uh, there, is, there are some really good stuff I'm seeing based on the other points that are in there. So yeah. Uh, let's go. Let's go a step further. So obviously we know about land raiders, right? Land raiders are yes. got a point reduction that's twenty points. It's not enough. They still suck. They need other stuff. Let's shove the land raider to the side. No one's still going to use it. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Um, Magnus, big red is down to four hundred and fifty points. All right. So my hot take here is that Magnus is basically not going to see a huge power level increase where they would have to increase his points quite a bit. Mm. Um, my guess is he's going to be still about as squishy as he is right now, but his output might get increased a little bit or his, <clears throat> or his uh, uh, buffing to the rest of the army. So maybe his rerolls become a little bit more Gilliman-esque, I guess. Um, kind of like what we saw with um, Mortarian. Mortarian. Yeah. So yeah. what do you think? 
I mean, I think that's the only way that they can really take him. Um, if they tune up his ability to just dump out mortal wounds, it would it seem to fly in the face of everything they, they've been doing this edition, um, with Thousand Suns in particular. So I think that providing him some additional utility uh, is the only way they can really go. Yeah. Other than really doing the, nothing. The, the army needs it, right? Like the, yeah. He needs, as the Primarch, he should act like a Primarch, not a, I'm just this invisible stoppy, stompy demon dude now. You know, that, yeah. that just isn't who he is. So, yeah, I mean, that. not much else to be said. I mean, they're, they're, it's kind of hard to figure out between, you know, between the points and what we've seen with other Primarchs and what's been happening, whether that you know, that's going to hold true and whether he gets a buff and a point reduction. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think it, I, I think I wouldn't get my hopes up if my expectation is that he becomes this like, you know, unstoppable psychic monster on the table. I just don't think we're going to see that. So, yeah. Uh, there was another thing. So on the exalted sorcerer now, um, he can take a special sword from the sounds of it called a prospering Kopesh. Mm-hmm. which sounds like, and it's an upgrade, uh, it sounds like, to me, it's like a mastercrafted power sword or force sword of some kind. So if I had to try and do my best, it sounds like that's probably like a flat two force sword. Um, That'd be good. I would, tra- I would trade up for that in a heartbeat, uh, just to increase your output that way. Um, That'd be fantastic. The other thing that's really great is that the fact that that's now a weapon profile and when you look at the Scarab Occult Terminators and their upgrades, uh, you've always had to pay for the power swords. You had no other option. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is now they're they're doing what, you know, we've talked about this before, Mike, and you've done a really good job explaining why and the benefits of this, but they're rolling the points of, of the weapon gear that really can't be swapped out or this the like the starting weapon gear into the profile of the model, which means you can scale models with the same weapons differently. Uh, so like rubric yes. marines that theoretically, you know, hypothetically had Inferno combi bolters and terminators with inferno combi bolters if the bolters are rolled into the profiles you can scale those points differently uh depending on what the profiles you know how well they shoot how durable they are all that stuff taken into effect that okay now they have this weapon now the fact that they've rolled those profiles in perhaps the uh terminator uh power swords that they have become flat two power swords i mean that would do wonders for making them actually useful. Uh, so now all Terminators are going to be three wound Terminators. So Right. But against uh, most other stuff that's like two wounds yeah, or like the regular Marines, good. yeah, they're yeah. still shred them pretty good. So that would make sense to me. But It would. I think to... that'd be good. Um, I haven't seen anything to sort of point towards that just yet. Yeah, I'm theorizing there. I, yeah. I, I now, admit. one thing we have something confirmed for, though, which is a long time coming. A Thousand Suns vehicles are finally able to take Inferno combi bolters. Yes, indeed. Hallelujah. It is here. We can do it. All our vehicles, just no more of this regular bolter crap on our vehicles. We now have Inferno bolters everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Now, granted, it is 
five points. So it's a, not really that much. Actually, it's the same number. Might be two more points expensive than uh, a regular combi bolter, I think. Yeah. But still, that's. Well, a remember, long time in, in, in a lot of places, that bolter is probably factored into the point cost for the model. Yeah. So things like rhinos that ship with a combi bolter. Well, you take that second Inferno combi bolter at the same price at five points as a regular combi bolter. It's just yeah. Thousand Suns get that upgrade, which that makes sense. That's what you get for running a Thousand Suns Rhino. It's, it's fantastic. But it even gets better, Mike, because they have now given us Inferno Combi Meltas and Inferno Combi Flamers, which is even more insane because are those Flamers now AP2 Bolters and AP2 Flamers combined? That would be amazing. I mean, I'm looking at the help. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. So the the bolter part of the combi melta. Well, is definitely. that the case? I, I yeah, mean, yeah. With that, but then I think there's also an inferno combi flamer on there too, or on some of the other stuff. That one I could be wrong on, but yeah, yeah. So there's a I'm looking at a Italian mm-hmm. <laughs> league where yeah, there's a uh, looks like a combi flamer as well on yeah. the rhinos can take. So does the does the flamer is that an, a twelve inch AP two flamer in addition to an AP two bolter? Um, we're gonna have to wait and see on that one. Yeah, but uh, that would be very interesting. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, but it is nice that, like, on your Hellbrutes, for example, you're no longer going to have to upgrade your. Um, Upgrade the, your your the combi bolters or the, right. Well, yeah, the heavy bolter didn't get any changes by the looks of it, but heavy that bolters have already been buffed this edition. Yeah, that makes sense. Keep it the same. Yeah. Um. Hey, another thing that's great. Uh, Zangors are down to seven points a model. <laughs> it's about damn time. I mean, we just uh, we just spent like three years in purgatory, uh, trying to basically uh, wait for Zangors to go back to the price they should have been the whole damn time. But yes, they are down to seven models again. Uh, however, they are going to be capped at 20, uh, 20 bodies in a squad. So you are no longer going to, um, you're no longer going to be able to take those big 30-man Zangor blobs, toss them across the table. 20 is what you're going to have to roll with. So I do wonder, Mike, um, the other interesting thing is that we've seen in other books, uh, Death Guard, for example, where they are tailoring the weapon options to what the models can actually bring, like what's in the box. Uh, a big problem that, that's been, you know, existing for a while has been that a lot of these boxes will come with options. Zangors are a great example where they come with shields, they come with, you know, single sword and shield, or they come with two swords or two axes or whatever. Um, yeah. And, you know, they just don't give you the option for the shields or things like that. What they could be doing, um, even though when you look at the um, the war gear, essentially, uh, the war gear options for Zangors, they don't really have any upgrades that they can pay for. That doesn't mean that you can't swap out for, say, shields and swords or double swords, right? And maybe you Correct. lose an attack, but you gain maybe a, you know, like a storm shield save or not a storm shield save, but you know, something, some kind of increased save on the shields with them, like a four-up inbound or something on your Zangors. That gets mm-hmm. real, real interesting. Let's see. What else have we got? We can talk about the Rubric Marines. 
which are 105 points for a five-man squad now. Up yeah. quite a bit. So they're 21 points model in the league. Right. Um, currently, they're 18 points. Um, the way I figure, that's about enough points to account for the increase in wounds. Yes. Um, the um, Icon of Flame is also more expensive now, too. It's up to 10 points for it. So... You know, yeah. Do, did they rework that potentially? I would. I would hope so. I mean, I really, I really do hope so. The Icon of Flame is such a iconic piece of war gear that looks really good on the table, but yeah, you don't take because it doesn't really do anything currently. Yeah, really doesn't. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that they will have done something with it to actually make it usable again. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, I mean, they, they pretty much just still run with the same options. They're capped at 10 models a unit, yeah. but that should be no surprise because we saw Plague Marines get the same treatment. So yeah. you're only going to be able to take 10 squads of 10 Rubric Marines now anyways. Uh, so yeah. if you want to run the 60 Rubric Marine meme list, you're going to at least need a battalion. Yeah. One uh, observation, uh, Warp Flamers went down on points. Yeah, that's interesting. So the... Um... Effectively, the points hike is less of a thing if you're running Warp Flamers. Right. Not that I know who anyone who's crazy enough to actually run Warp Flamers, but uh, <laughs> now it might be viable, especially if we do get the 12-inch range increase. And that's one of the big things we expect, right? That they get the 12-inch range just like all the other Flamers in the game. Yeah. That, that seems like it would make sense. Um, yep. I think I've just decided on my next project, David. <laughs> you're welcome. Pyre for life. There you go. Pyre and death. Well, Terminators are up to 40 points a model. Uh, yeah. But the, the tough thing there is all the war gears now rolled into them. So we don't know whether they're getting different swords. Um, we know they'll have the combi bolters, right? But yeah. we don't know whether that they change the sword profile and they just factor that in. What happens on the profile for the Terminators themselves um, there's there's possibly also stuff the thing the thing i like to remind people is that stratagems are going to drive a lot more of what's good in the army um, than the points themselves the points the points play their role but they're not as big like if when you look at uh, like dark angels for example you know stratagems are what really kind of turn them up to like nine uh, yep. and that's kind of what i expect to, to be kind of the same is that certain units might not look good just looking at points and assuming profiles are relatively the same Yeah. until you throw in something like a, Hey, guess what? You can give the whole squad three up in bolts. So it's interesting uh, looking okay. at the Terminator's points increase in, well, costs. Um, so if you take basic loadouts for them currently, uh, ter regular Terminators are 38 points a model. Mm -hmm. And then you're usually paying another 15 points for the Hellfire Missile Rack. Um, so if we look at our leak, the War Heavy Warp Flamer is 10 points cheaper, and the Soul Reaper Cannon and the Missile Rack for, are both 5 points cheaper. So I think they're try they've noticed, perhaps, that those heavy weapons choices, except for the Missile Rack, aren't really being used. And so I think they're trying to incentivize... Uh, including those options again. 
Interesting. So well, I, I wonder if that's what if that would be assuming that the profiles completely remain unchanged. Yeah, and I think the I mean I, I think it's almost guaranteed that the warp flamers are going to get the twelve inch increase. Um, I would be completely like yeah. blindsided if it didn't. Um, yeah. That would that would really really surprise me if they did that. It'd be it'd be a shame. Yeah. But uh, well, the the other thing before we kind of move on out of out of troops and stuff, um, cultists finally back to five points a model, just like um, cast space marines are getting two. Um, they they lost all their benefits, and yet somehow we're still priced higher than guardsmen. So this is a great fix. Yeah, um, I just checked. So the all the Death Guard Flamer equivalents also got the twelve inch increase. Yeah. So I, I think yeah. it's pretty easy shoehorn that they're gonna finally fix that. I mean, the big question is, it's it, it, if I heard you right, it's less points now to take the heavy warp mm-hmm. flamer over the combi bolter. Uh, so it is two points more expensive than a combi bolter to take the heavy warp flamer using the new points. Hmm. So, so, so what are they doing with combi bolters? So the combi bolters are probably effectively, if we're using the same point structures as rubric Marines, effectively becoming a point cheaper for the Terminators. Okay. okay. Because you still have to account for the extra wound that they're getting. Um, and then the heavy warp flamer is effectively three points more expensive uh, than the combi bolter with that metric. Okay. Um, and then the soul reaper cannon is again the same number of points as the uh, heavy warp flamer. So yeah, those are the two real options there that require a choice because the hellfire missile rack doesn't replace anything. So I, I think they have noticed that on the Thousand Suns Terminators, at least, taking heavy weapons, they replace the combi bolter is just not worth it at the moment because of how good the Inferno combi bolters are with bolter drill. Yes, uh, not to mention the fact that the you know the stratagem to be able to shoot them shoot them twice essentially, but yeah. I mean you got to wait a turn. Um, you know that I'm, kind of thing, but I'm hoping they do something interesting with cultists. At the moment, they're kind of worthless. Did Death Guard get anything that lets you target cultists with stratagems? Um, I don't recall offhand, actually. Because that's the thing I fear is that you get a unit that you have no strategical use for. Um, I mean, I guess maybe just kind of as fodder to fill us to fill a hole. It's fifty points. You've got a you know troop choice selected, but at the end of the day, two wound rubric marines are going to be tough. They're going to be really tough to deal with. It's not. I mean, despite the fact that you've got lots of two damage stuff in the game. I think you you got a lot of legs to stand on with just a ton of two wound bodies like that. Um, I mean, if you think about it, if you take 60 of them, um, you know, you're at about what? 
1200 points, something like that. And 1200, maybe 1300 call it, uh, with any weapon options and stuff you want to take. So that's 120 five up in bone, uh, two moon, uh, or sorry, 100, 120 wounds with a five up in bone, potentially with an even better save with, you know, you have three up and then whatever they do with all his dust. And whatever they introduce with a whole bunch of other rule, army rules too. So, you know, at the end of the day, that's that's a really tough thing to try and face and shoot through uh, where I just kind of, I, I kind of think looking at this stuff, like I'm either running Zangors or, or Rubric Marines. Yeah. So uh, looking through Death Guard just real quick. Yeah. Uh, Death Guard didn't, their cultists aren't plague company units. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're classified as plague followers. And Death Guard already have this like thing where you can only bring one plague followers unit per, um, I think, Bubonic Astartes unit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um they are Death Guard, so there are a few stratagems that they do qualify for. However, the vast majority of them, they are cut out. They they cannot benefit from them, mm-hmm. um, which That's I think what I expect. will likely be the case for Thousand Sons as well. Yeah, they're cannon um, fodder. Yeah, they're, they're cannon fodder. They're not supposed to do do nice mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Now, um, what would be cool is being able to sacrifice cultists to maybe heal wounds on Rubik Marines or you know, stuff like that, or, or give you bonuses to psychic powers and things like that. Now, you know, at five points a model, I don't have to have a stratagem to make the cultist better. Maybe I sacrifice the cultist to make my army better. You know, something like that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, there's all sorts of cool and fluffy things chaos should be able to do with cultists. Um, I don't know if Thousand Sons is going to be the army that does it. There- they but, have them, but they they run a lot more. Like even though the recent fluff, they they use a lot more Zangors than they do. Yeah, cultists. Um, because the Thousand Suns spend so much time in the Eye of Terror. Um, I just they tend to do quality over quantity, even on their yeah, like basic infantry. Um, I just don't see it really yeah. uh, being a thing for us. Yeah, maybe some really skewed lists where you're going after like a lot of one other thing and you need a troop choice, but even then, you know. Yeah, I mean, the one thing about cultists is they are half the costs of Rubric Squad or what, 20 points cheaper than a Zangor Squad. And they're on 25 millimeter bases and they're much shorter than either of those two units. So you could potentially take them if if your meta doesn't have lots of like line of sight ignoring weapons um, to yeah. do objectives, um, but not really ideal, I suppose. It's more just the travesty of their point co- their original point cost is done away with, but it, it's kind of too late now we we've already moved on and you know we're we're team rubric marine here now so yeah, i was always on team rubric marine sir <laughs> so uh, speaking of zangors uh the zangor shaman is down to 70 points which that point drop really 
intrigue me. Um, but it, it, it seems to make sense if you think about it. He doesn't do very much. He has a four staff, yeah. but other than that, he just doesn't do very much. He can move, he can move around the table. His buff is very good for Zangors or Zangor Enlightened. Um, but you know, the, other than that, he just doesn't do very much, right? Yeah. The so back in what was it, seventh, early eighth, uh, the Zangor Shaman was incredible. For his points costs, you got a full smite on him. Yep. He applied buffs to your Zangors and your Zangor Enlightened. He was a super cheap character, so you couldn't really ever shoot at him. But with our transition to ninth, he's lost his immunity from being shot at unless he's hiding close to a unit, so his mobility is not necessarily as valuable as it used to be. Um, Zangors have been in the bad place just across the board, really, this edition so far. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, ninth edition. Um, and so I'm hoping that they've done something for him. Like, well, something that be, I think would be kind of cool is if they made the Zangor Shaman like more close to a Dark Apostle, uh, for mm. Zangors effectively mm. replace his flat bonus with a the ability to pick your your bo- your buff but instead there's a chance that it fails uh, something like that yeah yeah maybe if there's a zangor unit nearby you get plus one to your cast or something so kind of like the dark disciples or whatever yeah 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 that's that's pretty cool um that would be that would be neat i didn't even think about that i mean, I mean until just a moment ago i hadn't myself so <laughs> I, uh, well well the zangor enlightened fun. also got a little bit of a change they're they're going to be capped at six models in a squad now. That's the most you can run of Enlightened. So for everybody who is piling up their Enlightened up to like 27, uh, you now are going to have um, a bunch that are not useful. Uh, actually, a lot that are not useful. So I'm sorry to tell you that. but That's kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, one, Zinch's holy number is nine, but... The Zengor Enlightened's primary problem has always been that they couldn't take enough unit models to make the unit useful. That they're and decreasing their squad size even further. Yeah, and that's what's kind weird of odd. Is, it, what's weird is their points. Um, their points are staying the same at that cost, uh, or or at that unit size. But we don't know, like. They couldn't go up to like say three or four wounds. That wouldn't make sense, would it? No, I, I, don't, I don't think so. so. What I, I mean, that's kind of the thing I don't understand is they better like to keep their current point cost, which is incredibly overcosted. Um, and now you know spears and bows, whatever option you choose to run them as, they're rolled into the profile again. So we have no idea what's going on there. You know, I just kind of, I don't know what to expect there. That's a, that's a crazy one because you're, you're basically saying in a smaller unit, they are now going to be worth the same cost that they are today, but somehow should be able to be better or worth that cost somehow. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't understand that one. And what really hurts is, obviously we've talked about this before, but what really hurts is the fact that 
the Zangor Enlightened are like our really only true fast attack unit. Yeah. Right? So when we get a unit that suffers like that, the, the army suffers. It basically takes away our fast attack options. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't... The only thing I could think of is if they do a heavy bolter thing uh, with them, effectively. Or uh, actually, a better example would be a um, what they did with um, Venom Cannons. Effectively, you take smaller squads of them, but they add put more damage on their weapons. So this make the spears damage too, for instance, um, or bring them in line with, I guess, the pole arms that Sisters of Battle are getting. Uh, something like along those lines. Like NQB or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and, Hellions. Uh, yeah, Hellions actually are a great example of a unit like that. The difference is, of course, Hellions are dirt cheap and have mm-hmm. two wounds apiece because they're awesome. Or is it one wound apiece now? I don't know. I don't, haven't actually imported that codex into my phone yet. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Again, we don't know what's going to happen with the profile, right? Like, they could do a lot of different things with them. They could completely they could. revamp them. Who knows? Like what yeah. we're thinking bows are today could be completely different versus, you know, maybe the bows do mortal wounds or things like that. And all of a sudden, holy crap, now we got things that shoot literal mortal wounds out of them. Oh, okay. Maybe that is worth that cost. Yeah. I, I don't think it'll be quite that extreme, but I think they're going to do something along those lines where even though your squad sizes of them are going to be smaller, uh, they'll be more effect, effect, effective at those smaller squad sizes. Um, I don't know. I mean, with them adding another HQ, I can only assume that they're going to be adding another psychic discipline. Um, Maybe. Maybe. I, 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 I mean, I don't know. if they don't, what's the point of the, the guy? Uh, Well, I mean, uh, think about it this way. What I assume he's going to do is something kind of akin to like, we have a hybrid of an exalted sorcerer and a captain. Yeah. We we don't have a hybrid of an exalted sorcerer and a warpsmith, but we should because Thousand Suns are pretty big into that stuff, into demon engines. So, and they gave Chaos Space Marines the Lord Discordant as a way of being like a a buffer or a support leader of demon engines, but thousand sons don't get access to it. Now, if the, if the goal there was to say, Hey, look, we need to balance out the rest of these options here to, 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 to buff our vehicles and stuff in our army, then the infernal master could be, you know, what that's all about. It could be that he gives plus one to hit the demon engines around him. Now he's what 90 points in the, um, in the book. Uh, yeah, that's so what I, it says. I think he's about 90 points. So at 90 points, I don't expect a Lord Discordant, right? But at mm-hmm. 90 points, I could have a dude on a disc. Uh, I could have basically a Warpsmith on a disc, if you think about it. Um, and he could give plus one to hit to demon engines around him. And maybe he has access to the Zinch uh, demon psychic tree or something like that. So you know, or maybe he's all about just demons in general. Um, who knows? And summoning. Yeah, the main thing uh, I'm looking at here, the reason why I'm I'm curious is what they're going to do with him. So he's 90 points, uh, which is the same cost as a sorcerer. Um, sorcerers are our cheapest full psyker. 
so but that that's all that they do so making them a full psyker plus giving them static bonuses or something like that at 90 points at 90 points seems kind of weird to me yeah yeah well maybe maybe they they only have like a cast once deny once mm-hmm. kind of thing like shaman you, you, we were just talking about the shaman who was originally 90 points and that was his role uh, but he's yeah. dropped quite a bit now if you jack the profile up to like take a shaman and jack him up to a sorcerer's profile but don't give him the bonus casts and things like that and say okay instead of one psychic power you now have a buff for something nearby um, or maybe you even have something built in where you heal something i mean look this is also gw right mm-hmm. so we have to remember that there are sometimes things that go in that are just completely bonkers, ridiculous that we would look at and go, why would you do that? But I guess I have to take that guy now. Right? I mean, I know that exactly the why time. they did that. They, they released the codex in a broken state. And then for, th- for six weeks, things are bonkers, ridiculous. And then they're like, oh, we're sorry. We totally didn't know that was going to happen. They fixed the points after they've sold armies and armies of armies <laughs> to the people who jumped ship to the newest bonkers thing, yep. just in time for them to come out with the new codex. It's like, oh, look at all this bonkers stuff. Yeah. I mean, the thing that sort of I find amusing is that sometimes they uh, miscalibrate things, and the thing that was supposed to be bonkers is just, it's okay. That tends to be isolated, though, in the chaos world, though. Yeah. Because I seem to see bonkers stuff and a whole lot of other armies, I never really... I mean, the Lord Discordant is pretty good, but like at the end of the day, you pay for him. So yeah. he's bonkers good, but, but he has a thing. bonkers price. The Lord you know? Discordant on paper was released as a, like, yeah, you take the Lord Discordant and take all these demon engines. Right. and like, Then it clicked with somebody. It was like, wait a second. Why should I take a Lord Discordant and like two Forge Fiends when I can just take two lord discordants and that was the end of that like you never saw anyone run the demon engine list this is like nope i'm running three lord discordants as a supreme command and then i'll take some knights and that's fair i mean it is but that's a case where i don't think even games workshop really understood what they did yeah that that dude completely just did not see play in the intended manner (laughs) it was pretty funny though yeah i I hated it I hated it so much. I was just like, I was so excited about the Lord of the I was like, yeah, he'll go with my Defiler and I'll make a Forge Fiend. It's like, wait a second. Let's say I looked at it and I never built it. This is dumb. I'm this not doing dumb. this. I'm not buying into this crap. I can do better. <laughs> yep. Though so on the top of uh, crap, I just noticed something. Uh-oh. My favorite model in the entire Chaos line is missing something on his points uh, allocations there. Who's that? The Sorcerer and Terminator armor is missing his buddy. Yeah, the familiar. And unless he got a points decrease, which I find unlikely, he uh, might not be getting that anymore. Yep. Very sad. Yep. It doesn't surprise me, though. I mean, he did. Actually, technically, I think he does get a slight decrease, doesn't he? Uh, no, it's 105 points for him currently. Right. Um, oh, and then you have to factor the... Well, the the Force Staff is free. And then yeah, he the has Inferno a Combi Bolter is, is three is points. Five. It's, it's five, though, isn't it? It's three currently. Three? Yep. Okay. 
Yeah, I guess uh, I guess he stays about the same then. Although he'll go up a wound, right? Yeah, he'll go up a wound, um, most likely. But uh, yeah, it doesn't. I mean, the familiar, familiar is probably also not the the change that they thought it was going to be. Like that that little thing that they did was probably just trying to fill rules a little bit. Um, like, hey, we don't have anything besides the Terminator armor that really sets the Sorcerer apart, so let's do a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, but you could always take a Chaos Familiar in previous editions. It actually did cool stuff. Um, I, I used my Chaos Terminator Sorcerer. I think it, like, added two attacks at, like, strength four AP nothing or something. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, more attacks. But, um, yeah. And this is one of those things where... I. I wish they would keep it because Chaos Familiars are always like a really cool part of Chaos, like the tutelaries. Um, and if they do take them away, it's just sort of the world is less full for their loss. So who knows? Maybe the Inferno Master has all the familiars. Yeah, we have no idea. I mean, uh... <laughs> Well, we do know that chaos bonds are staying the same, uh, which is yeah. good. But what we don't know is whether, you know, the big thing they're doing is overhauling a lot of stratagems in the books. Yeah. And I, I think that's one of, again, one of the themes is, you know, the stratagems are what make a lot of these units really, really good. And mm -hmm. Thousand Suns chaos, uh, chaos bonds right now are really, really good, especially for their price. So if they're staying at their price, um, and don't get, I mean, even if they don't change anything on the profile and they just stay exactly the same, um, that would be pretty fantastic if they keep like their ability to like roll different or re-roll the number of hits and, um, or a number of attacks and then, you know, being able to re-roll the buff if you want to, things like that, that these guys would still shine. Yeah. I think chaos spawn are going to be in a pretty good place. Um, it's actually just thinking about changes to the codex. So one interesting thing about the, just going back to old Death Guard, is that what units got core and what didn't. So Poxwalkers do not have core. Um, obviously, cultists don't either. Um, and so I'm w wondering if Zengors are going to be considered core units or whether they're going to have a similar restriction placed on them that the Poxwalkers did. That is interesting. That is very interesting. That and, would, uh, and that would drive a lot of what, you know, a lot of what you're going to use because most of the core stuff ends up being yeah. applied there. I mean, I think we can already guarantee that demon princes are going to be limited. Um, just based yes. again off of the sister codex. Um, and most likely, uh, I would say Exalted Sorcerer equivalents will as well. So Aramon, Exalted Sorcerers. Um, yeah, there's prob they're just, probably going to do Aramon's Army of Renown, would be my imagine imagination there. Um, something like the Prodigal Sons. And, uh, you know, Aramon has to be the main guy. Kind of like what they did with Typhus. And then have like a really restricted um, setup of what you can take, right? Yeah, I mean that would be really cool though. Like, uh, I like it. Yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. Though one thing that uh, <laughs> Thousand Sons armies are for now, it's like, yeah, you take 
Armon and then some Rubik's and like, oh look, you're playing Thousand Suns. All right, we got we got a couple things. So we were talking about demon engines, right? There's a couple things left to really cover here. Um, It's very obvious to me, though, that when you look at the fact that the Defiler got a uh, got a ballistic skill upgrade, um, it it definitely looks like the Forge Fiend and the Mauler Fiend are also going to get um, the equivalent changes. So Forge Fiends are going to be 160 points, but it is very obvious that they're going to have ballistic skill three at that point point cost, which is fantastic. Um, you know, who knows what happens with the Hades cannons and whether they upgrade them or tweak them a little bit. Uh, that'll be fantastic if they do. Um, Baller fiends with the Lasher tendrils. I mean, the, the, the last thing is the mortal, the mutilated vortex beast is also going up 10 points. Uh, so he'll be what one, what, 145 now. I think he's like 135, um, something like that. So the, the big question I'm going to be having there is, yeah, are they doing 135? Yeah, so are, are they doing something to separate the Mutalith from the Mauler? Mm. Like right now, it, yeah, okay. The the Mutalith has buffs on him and you get a little bit less melee, but what's what's the whole point, right? Like why? Yeah. So, I mean... I, I don't uh, I, I kind of struggle with that one because it's kind of like... It seems like there's too much overlap between those two units that there isn't enough separation to really say, look, these are the situations I really want a Mauler and these are the situations I really want the Vortex Beast. Yeah. So, I mean, at the moment, there is something to be said for the Mauler Fiend being your better, just dedicated close combat, like heavy support option. Um, the Mutalith, I think, falls into a similar place as, um, I guess, the Defiler, in that it's multi-role. Um, and so you lose some points there. Um, I, I think the, the main problem is that, so the, about the Mauler Fiend over the Mutalith Vortex Beast is because the Mauler Fiend, all it does is close combat, and our army, as a general rule, doesn't like close combat, um it sort of uh like the ugly duckling uh like sometimes it does great because your opponent also doesn't want to be in close combat and he just like charges in and it kills everything and it's great but most of the time it charges in by itself and dies whereas the Mutalith vortex beast at least it has some things it can do if you're in a like matchup where assaulting isn't necessarily the best option uh, I mean, the, the Forge Fiend is honestly kind of a weird unit itself. Um, the I, I was actually looking at uh, Forge Fiends recently. I was like, oh, man, I should take a Forge Fiend and I should do this. And I was like, this is going to be great. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, God. Because, like, if you look at it, it's like, okay, well, it's what ballistic skill. It's ballistic skill degrades as it takes damage, which is terrible on a gun platform. And then it's guns or it's just like, okay, well you can get two, a D two D three ectoplasm, three D three ectoplasm shots. So averages six as strength, seven AP minus three damage three, sorry, damage D three, which is okay. But strength seven on a plasma cannon is sort of, 
it's shorter range too. Lame. It's only 24 inches. Yeah. So you give up that extra, that extra range, um, which yeah. is a, a big deal. That 36 inch range is like perfect at yeah. the, the board size right now. Yeah. And then Hades auto cannons like, yeah, these are great, but you can only take two of them. Um, at four shots a piece, that's more shots than the ectoplasm cannon on average, but AP minus one damage two. it's all strength right. Eight. I mean, it is strength it's eight. Strength eight. Um, but neither of those guns are particularly enticing at a price point of like 125 to 135 points. You have to admit, though, the, the Hades profile is hilariously perfect for killing what's really good right now, which is the Raiders. Yeah. It chews through Raiders left and right. It does. Um, it's got the perfect amount of AP to put them onto their invuln. It's got the right amount of damage to make it just annoying that you just hit them with a barrage of stuff and, you know, it, it, it eventually goes down. So the only thing you really have to just overcome is, you know, your ballistic skill degrading. Uh, but now you're going to be hitting on threes rather than fours. And, mm -hmm. you, you know, I hope we still have the stratagem that lets us reroll hits and wounds. Yeah. I mean, that would be a huge loss if we lost it. Um, so hopefully the new codex fixes those units. Um, Death Guard don't get them, so we have no indication as to how effective they'll be. Though if the Death Guard's vehicle options or anything to go by, it's going to be pretty great. <laughs> um, but it's... I don't, we, we don't, I don't have enough information uh, available to really... Like, yeah, this is going to be awesome because of this. Um, the and of course the the land raider. Yeah, it, it goes went down twenty points, but does it still? There's bigger does that even do there. anything? No, no, it doesn't. But it shows you how bad they're set up right now. Yeah, because T eight is so over overpriced, and the land raiders have the problem that, especially in Thousand Suns, where what am I taking a land raider for? Yeah, I mean, right. the only thing you'd really want to put in it is Terminators, but they can deep strike. So why do I need the Land Raider? Right? Exactly. And, okay, so I can only take LAS cannons on the thing, so now that inflates the price of this thing so far beyond mm -hmm. what I need. It's just, you know, if I want that many LAS cannons, I take a Predator for way less, right? Yeah. Which, by the way, is now, I think, called the um, Predator Annihilator uh yes right? is that right and then we get the predator annihilator and predator destructor where they're they're uh -huh. basically you get the auto cannon one or the las cannon one and then you get spawns and upgrades from there yeah so, yeah i mike i just don't know man uh, the land raider just frustrates me because it it should have an involved save uh, built into the profile it yeah. should be able to carry probably the, the same amount that a an assault drill carries which is 12 um, so I mean, take, either that take or five. Land... So there, there, there are two things I can see with the Land Raider that would make it worthwhile. Either increase the capacity overall to like 12, so you can put a squad inside plus some characters, which is something that Rhino doesn't allow you to do. Or just let it transport a squad of 10 Terminators. Um. I understand back in the day, like land, like the ability to transport terminals, like, oh, that's like 
Terminators get out there so close and you can't kill them, but that's just not the case anymore. Uh, especially with um, how many armies get uh, interceptor stratagems. Uh, literally, I've seen games where a guy deep strikes a squad of five Terminators and they're gone before they ever get to shoot. Just like, <laughs> what, you, like what, what was the point? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that's that's at the current price. Like to me, yeah. I think I think at the price, even the reduced price, you've taken twenty points off. It's now what two, two, sixty, two forty, something like that. Is that um, what they are now? Let's see, Land Raider. So while you're looking that up, at their current price now, which is still too much, they would need to have that increased capacity, and in my opinion, they would have to have a five up involved to justify yeah. that cost that that's what i think they would need the invuln is enough to just it's not a four it's not ridiculous but it's enough to get it to a point where it can't just get shot off the table because everything has ap4 like dark lances and everything else you at least get a chance to save something with it to give it a shot right yeah so i don't, I don't know I, I i think that I so, think they're just way lost on land raiders right now. A land raider with two twin last cannons and a twin heavy bolter currently is 285 points. The points reduction will put them at 265 with that loadout. And then, of course, you can buy up upgrades if you really hate yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, I think, I think the, the fact that that right there you're going to tell me that the las cannons and t8 right there is enough to justify 165 points or so over a rhino which is t7 three up save i mean okay you get a you get what do you get a two up save on the uh the land yeah, as well? so you get uh over a predator is what i would judge it against uh you're getting one point of toughness like two points of strength because who cares uh I think four wounds over the predator. I think they have more wounds than the rhino. Uh, three more attacks and a three up save. Hating on sixes in close combat, of course. So you will never hit with those attacks. <laughs> you know, there we go. That's how they fix land raiders. They give uh, chaos. Well, they used to give marines that stupid guard stratagem so that the land raider hits on twos and its tracks become no. like. AP minus two, strength, like damage six or something. No. You just run over everything. Because some, cause somehow the, the, the raider, the regular Dark Elder raider, can have what? Those snares or whatever that gives it like yeah. another four or six attacks. Mm -hmm. And that's just a four or five point upgrade that you just add in. And, um, you know, okay, let's just, let's just make that. And the end on top of that, the raider always hits on what threes, fours, something like that. So, yeah, okay, that seems balanced to me. I, I don't know. And it flies. <laughs> I mean, I just I've got so much salt for Dark Elder right now. Like, yeah, don't even get me, me started. Let me actually check something. I'm curious <laughs> oh, man. about this now. Anyways, I mean, the, we stupid land raiders. What is GW <laughs> doing? These things like. You know, and so here's the thing. They are so lost with land raiders. They so just, that's the they, thing. They just don't know like, what to do with them. When I first started playing the game, like a dick move was bringing a land raider to a 500 <laughs> point game. It's like you literally couldn't kill it. 
it was just tool around shooting stuff and you would win because it's a land raider same thing with the monolith and then just every edition the they've nerfed these what used to be colossal vehicles the largest things on the table and so now they've been hit with that nerf bat so many times that it's just cr- like assumed the fetal position on the floor cry- crying in a pool of its own filth as G- games workshop game development continues to just hit it while it's down for the sheer audacity of like four editions ago bad touching whatever their favorite army was yeah i mean it's like it's like everybody in 40k that has a shot is inside the ballpark but land raiders are completely out in the parking lot outside the ballpark and their equivalent is just like okay you may you may take a few steps towards the ballpark now but you may not come in like you must stay out there you a few steps and that's it nothing more that's a huge upgrade and let's, you know, let's cheer about that as like this big thing. Like they, yeah. Oh man. So it was actually I guess 10th edition, edition, we got to wait to see if they're going to completely overhaul land Raiders because yeah. it ain't so happening. It's night. actually something that I find really funny. So they, they released this um, top five biggest points drops from chapter approved. <laughs> so the top of the list is the land Raider. Right. And they show this beautiful like black Legion land Raider with, like all of the conversion bits that no one ever uses. And they really show you what the chaos land Raider is supposed to look like. And it looks amazing. It's like 20 points. And then you look at the storm, like everything else on this freaking list is like, none of the stuff needed points adjustments. Like, Oh, the new storm speeder got a points adjustment. Like that unit model came out like two months ago. It's like, well, like how bad did you mess up that you need to like make your new storm speeder kit like the new immortals just like they just came out they're they're getting the points decrease wraith guard and wraith blades you know the things that every eldar player who's currently playing takes all the time already are getting a buff why I mean, I get, I don't know about gene stealers. I, I don't do people take gene stealers anymore. The last time I played Nids, they took like 120 of the damn things. You know what's really annoying is I just seem to always lose to them, so I'm not going to engage in that. You know, I just <laughs> I, I find them at every tournament and I lose to them somehow. Oh, they're going down to 13 points a model. Great. That's awesome. Great. <laughs> what in the world are they doing? <laughs> uh, how much are pure strain gene stealers at the moment? I, I'm actually curious. <laughs> pure strain gene stealers are—they're going warp. down four points a model. We're off in the warp now. Like, what? I have no idea. I—I I am. Hey, gene stealers go in the warp. They—they they ride around in uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, space hulks and they bad touch space brains. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, chaos land raider. Uh, probably still need to avoid that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Unless you're classy and you just do not care, in which case, Zinch bless you. I wish you the very, very best well, of luck. You know that you do have drop pods. I mean, you can take do drop we? pods. You just we forgot how to open the doors when it lands. We just we don't. Oh. Get that. 
Sorry, the infernal master forgot to turn that feature on whenever yeah. he was deploying the drop pods. Yeah, exactly. No, we uh, our our drop pods still are foobard. I'm hoping that in um, uh, in this there is an FAQ or something that addresses it. But it's like they left the sentence off intentionally, where it's like drop pod comes down and everybody's ready and you cannot get out. Units, hey, it's like hey. cannot get out. <laughs> I, I don't know about leaving things off intentionally, but you saw the latest, like, is this right from Games Workshop that uh, oh, those the war one, suits, the, <laughs> the damage, like, we are immune to damage one weapons, fear us, which would be really great, except that everything does damage too now. Didn't we, didn't we learn a lesson <laughs> about any, about stuff being immune to damage in like sixth and seventh edition and how that's you know? a really bad idea for the game? I mean, I, I'm fairly certain that actually was like a, wait a second. It was like the Storm Shields whenever <laughs> those first came out, the, this edition. But it's like, is that on purpose? Is I that, don't know. Guys, <laughs> yeah. is this right? <laughs> so, uh, circling back around uh, to talk about what we're supposed to be talking about. Uh, so David uh, looking at all the like everything everything we've just discussed and looking at these points adjustments if you were starting thousand suns with the idea that hey in three months uh, we'll probably get a codex like what what models are we looking at that are actually like these are safe bets moving forward because that's always rubric the question marines. yeah rubric marines and I think probably terminators are a safe bet I would be willing right now, I'd probably, like if I was a bookie and I'm saying, okay, I'm laying odds here. Rubric Marines are at the top of the chart for, in my opinion, top models right now. Just that that's where it sits right now. That can change. Uh, Terminators are probably just slightly behind them. And the only reason is that from the looks of things, Terminators are going to get buffs. Uh, they're going to get better melee weapons. They're going to do something now, um, which I still think rubric Marines are still going to be a little bit more efficient, but what's going to be great about terminators is that you can't take rubric Marines in a big enough squad to get the output that a 10 man terminator squad will be able to do, which means you'll be able to dump buffs into them and really make them shine. Um, so really at the end of the day, loading up on rubric Marines, like I have, um, I mean, I have a 60 rubric Marine project at the moment that I'm working on. So I don't know when that'll be done some 10 years from now with how difficult these things are to paint, but <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a glutton for pain and I love the army. So yeah. All how right. about you? All right. So even though I was just dunking on the unit a while ago, uh, <laughs> the, I actually, I have high hopes for the forge fiend. I think that um, moving forward, that will probably actually be, our go-do heavy support. I hate to say this, but I think it's it's good right now, but no one likes to listen. I, I mean, I think it's, it's it's not bad right now, but I think that they're going to give it that three plus to hit, Yeah, and we're looking like we're going to get some more support for it. Uh, I, I'm thinking that I, I think the Forge right, Fiend man. is, like the Rubric Marines, the Terminators, those are both excellent choices. Um, but I think the Forge Fiend is going to make a resurgence. It, it hasn't been good uh, since 6th edition. Um, I think that we're going to see it start to see the table again. The, the real problem, though, Mike, and you know, all jokes aside, the real problem is going to be, what do they do with the Predator? Because if you look at this, like the, the Predator is just each 
update and each new round of rules gets slowly pushed further and further out the door. Rhinos yeah. stick around because they have a purpose. Rhinos yeah. are losing their purpose. So if Forge Fiends all of a sudden get good with a, with a ballistic skill of three, why ever take a Predator? So Predators, I actually think do serve a purpose right now for Thousand Suns. Like right now, I think they serve a purpose. Um, the auto cannon heavy bolter predator is very good against Dark Eldar. Mm-hmm. The problem is that's pretty much the only thing it's good against. Um, yep. The Forge Fiend, the thing is, I, I, I think the why it's going to win out in the end is because it actually sees love from Games Workshop. Uh, historically, we it's gotten pretty decent support in the forms of stratagems or characters coming out or spells um, that I, I think this time the, the Forge Fiend is going to see, like I said, resurgence. Yep. The, but the Predator and the Vindicator, those are... Yeah, I mean, the Vindicator the too. The like, best. the Vindicator's even further out the door. I mean... Yeah. Well, the Vindicator just got a huge buff in Ninth Edition, but it still wasn't enough to make it no. viable. Because the amount of points you're paying versus the types of targets you're going to take it against, um, just it doesn't work out. Because all do those anything. targets are all have rock rain, all rock, have influence saves. Right. And so the AP is wasted. And then the damage is also largely wasted. And the range on it isn't long enough to reach out and touch the like large and, and vehicle it, models that might otherwise be good against. And it doesn't have enough shots either. Like at the end of the day, yeah. that's like that gun being as big as it is, is the kind of gun that ought to have the ignore invulns rule. Like to me, that would be, that would make sense. The fact that that gun is so big, it just, it literally blows a hole in I mean, anything. It's that literally it called a demolisher cannon. Exactly. So, um, yeah, but the, so they're not going to do that. So. Yeah, I mean, the only unit it's really worthwhile against at the moment is Terminators. But again, they all have Invuln saves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's not ideal. Well, they have Invuln saves unless you Death Hex them. Yeah, so there, there is that. But even at the end of the day, like, what, why are you taking Vindicators? I mean, mm-hmm. they just, why are you taking Vindicators? Yeah, I don't know how else to put it. They just, ah. And I have three of them I don't know what to do with. I mean, I know you have three Predators, too, if I recall. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there I was a time when they were actually very good. Um, but that was very, it was a very small window, and then yep. it, it, it passed. Yep. Um, but for HQs, honestly, based off everything I'm hearing through the grapevine, the Infernal Master is like stands head and shoulders above the Sorcerer, at the very least. Um, and even competes with Aramon for like, do if you just want to take two HQs. Um, so I'm expecting they do something completely bonkers for the mm-hmm. army. Mm-hmm. It's got to be. I mean, if it's going to be competitive and you can yeah. you can really um, you know make good use out of them, that makes sense. I, it's hard to it's hard to say that Aramon will be there. Like Aramon, I mean, I, I think Aramon so will always have a place. Yeah. But I, I think that their Games Workshop is trying to sort of step away from always include army like units, um, incentivize other choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem with Thousand Sons, of course, is that we have very few choices, and so they have to be careful with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think, like I said, we'll still see Aramon, but he won't necessarily be an auto-include every time. 
Which Aramon did get a slight points increase, but it's only what, like 10 points. So it's yeah, not, something it's not, it's small. It, you're still going to like, from, from what I understand now, you're still going to be taking Aramon. Like yeah. you're still going to be taking him left and right. And he'll be in a lot of lists. Nothing yeah. really compares to the fact that he can cast three, deny three and has a built in plus one unless yeah. they mess with that. But I doubt they do. Yeah. So. so then the reverse question, uh, units that we, th- like, I think we should avoid, uh, Cultists and Zengors are top of the list for me. Yeah, um, I, like, I'm not quite right. You, you're probably right about Zengors. I'm not quite ready to. I'm not. I can't quite commit to that one yet because I still think there's a possibility that they do some stuff to really make them good in close combat. Like if you remember back when they when they did come out before we got Zengors, there really wasn't a lot that Thousand Sons could do in melee. Um, it was kind of like we just sit back and shoot and hope no one assaults us or we put cultists in the way. And a lot of Thousand Suns lists just had to load up on a bunch of cultists just to like put roadblocks. And they literally were just roadblocks. Each unit was a turn worth of roadblocks so that they couldn't, the rubric brains didn't get charged. And then Zangors came out and was kind of like, huh, well, this changes that because now I can actually be offensive with these guys and throw them in their face while my rubric brains can march up the table. Yeah. I, I think we'll probably still see like small unit of Zengors, like 30 Zengors uh, in units, but taking more than one squad is mm-hmm. uh, I think not going to be ideal just based mm-hmm. off of my, my gut, what it's telling me. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at right now. I mean, I don't take more than one unit cause they really just serve a purpose to go uh, purpose to just basically go get in their face, hold up a unit or, or assault something and maybe assassinate it or something like that. Yeah. So who knows? Um, but otherwise the only other unit that I'm sort of like looking at and I'm just like, I don't think you should probably buy this thing. And I, I love this model. Um, I own three. It's one of the very few thousand sons units. And like, I went out and bought three boxes of them. I, I think that with the adjustments we're seeing to the demon engines, I think the Helber is going to lose some of its luster. <laughs> well, you stole my thunder because that was going to be the unit I was going to go, I was going to lead off with because yeah. I, I think there's that, and then I think the fact that the contemptors with the built-in minus one to minus one damage, damage yeah. the, and the Volkite guns, yeah. unless they alter the Volkite guns, which I don't think they're so they're being used a lot because they're good, but they're not. They're not it's overpowered. Not it's not making enough noise right now that I think they're gonna they're gonna hit that nail. So yeah. the contemptors, in my opinion, are we've we've kind of let the Delft settle now on ninth edition. We've kind of looked at like the new Forge World stuff, and I think the contemptors now have kind of like retaken that that step there. Where yes, the Hellbrutes are nice and cheap. Yes, you could make one work really well. You can do some fun stuff with them, but I think you're not going to have room to take lots of Hellbrutes. You really just, it's really a question of, do I take a Hellbrute or do I take a Contemptor? That's really the decision you make. And the Contemptor itself is just like hands down right now, the better option. Um, you know, it, it just takes less damage. It has the invuln, it shoots better, like all around that thing is just great. And what's great is we don't have to worry about that thing blowing up our dudes anymore, you know, when it dies and just spreading mortal wounds everywhere. Um, like yeah. it always did for me. So mm-hmm. it's actually funny. It's become such a like, yeah, I don't take those. That I don't. We don't even have to mention it anymore. Um, in most circles. Yeah, which is kind of sad. Yep. Um, I th- I will say I do think Magnus is going to become a little bit more 
I, I do think he's going to be used on a lot more lists than we see him today. I think he's yeah. still great in the game right now, and we just don't see him used quite a lot. Um, he he's still pretty good, uh, yeah. especially the mortal wound output he does. It's it's just it's kind of like a scalpel versus a big bat. Like Mortarian's just this big hammer that you can just float around, and the dude just doesn't die. Um, Magnus is more like a scalpel where you have to be very precise with what you do and how you use them and when you use them. Um, otherwise like there's 25% of your army just gone. Yeah. Right. Like if you mess up, he's gone. And the, the so. other thing of course, is that by bringing his points down, it is easier to include them. Yes. Um, the one thing I do hope for Magnus in particular is that they allow him to participate in something to do with the cults. Um, yeah. Like give him I, all cults. Something. Uh, but it's just very strange to me that he's like the master sorcerer, but he can't teleport. Yeah. And I do think that with Magnus, something we might see is that he no longer does a 2d6 smite. His gaze of Magnus, I think, will probably become a specialized power. Like they will define yeah, like, that as a special sort of power. like Bellacor uh, has his yeah. own one. Yeah, I, I think yeah. they could potentially do that where Magnus has his own discipline in a way, which is just like this ridiculous bonkers list of spells. They could do something like that. Yeah. So, which, speaking of Bellicor, by the way, uh, 360 is rumored to be his point costs. Um, and at the Thousand Suns server, we did a painting competition the last month. Uh, we basically had a bunch of people sh um, sign up at the right as Bellacor was getting released and agreed, hey, we will get our hands on a Bellacor and we will spend one month painting them. And um, we, we finished up just this past month. Uh, so congratulations to Liz and Secret Ox because uh, both of them won. Uh, if you want to check out the, um, the paintings, you want to see them, you can go to tiskinlibrary.com uh, and check out the um, painting competition post. It should be up there on the front page. Uh, and all of the, uh, basically the galleries for each of the uh, Bellacors is done on there. So uh, everybody did a fantastic job on their models. They look, they look great. Um, can't say enough about how cool it is to put the model together. It's actually really easy to paint. It just, uh, my only advice is leave the chains off of his wings first. Uh, so you can paint the inside of his wings, then put the chains on afterwards. Um, it, I, I didn't do that and I regretted it. So. But I mean, we're still waiting to see what Bellacor is going to do. I mean, for 360 yeah. points, there's a lot of stuff that he could be doing. And he, we know he's going to have his own tree. We don't know whether it's like, hey, he's the now champion of just all the unaligned demons. Uh, and whether now you have like this army of renown, I guess, um, which I think is what it's probably going to be, like Bellacor's army of renown. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Might I mean, be good, might not be good. Based off of what we were seeing for Age of Sigmar, um, I'm thinking it'll be something that allows him to take mixed detachments of demons and mm -hmm. have them actually gain a benefit for it. That would be cool. That would so he's kind of the cool. unifier of demons. Yeah, that would yeah be that, cool. that's what he's always been, is that he's just he, he was the original demon prince, so he plays nice with all of them. Yeah. Yeah, that would be really cool. Well, I think, Mike, we've probably exhausted uh, 
all of the point leaks, all of the updates that we're aware of. Um, I do have a cool announcement. Uh, one of the play testers for ninth edition will be joining us uh, when the codex actually drops. Uh, we don't officially have a date yet, uh, but when it does, uh, Justin Curtis will be coming on again. It's been, God, like three years since we've talked to him. Uh, he's going to come on and, and, you know, as we break down the codex and look, to, look at the different models and everything, we're going to have him come on and just kind of talk through it with us and, you know, get, give us his take. Um, if you don't know who he is, uh, you can kind of scroll back into some of the, the older uh, Thousand Sons um, pot or the Tiskin podcast here uh, episodes. And he was one of the first people that I had on that interviewed. And I think it was in 2017, he won the Thousand Sons. 2017 and 2018, I think he won the Thousand Sons uh, trophy for ITC. So he's a heck of a good player, knows a lot about the game, been playing for a long time. Um, so he's got some really cool insights and he's been a play tester for ninth edition. So he's got some stuff he can't, we can't, there's no real value in having him on quite yet because he can't really disclose anything about what's going to be in the codex. But uh, what'll be great is he can kind of offer some insights about, you know, Thousand Suns and what he thinks is good when, when the actual codex drops. So that should be a lot of fun. I think so. All right. Are we forgetting anything? Nah, we're not forgetting anything. Okay. All right. Oh, Magnus, Magnus did nothing wrong. Yeah, we'll go, you we'll see, go with that. you almost yeah. forgot. What the heck? No, no, no. no. I am I deeply disappointed. I just had to, I just had to search the the old brain cranium, the, the cobwebs and the, the caves I had there. So, all right. All right. <laughs>